Howdy friends, this is Matt Sewell, and you're listening to episode 56 of the Popecast, the only podcast about popes for people who love history and a good story, but have neither the time nor the interest to pick up dry, dusty history books. A shout out to our sponsors over at Catholic Balm Co. once again this week, where you can find the most exquisite beard balms, oils, lotion bars, and more. Head over to catholicbalm.co to check out their great variety of products, and be sure to enter the word Pope, P-O-P-E, at checkout, and you'll get 10% off your entire order. Also be on the lookout on Instagram at the Popecast for an exclusive giveaway of some of Catholic Balm Co.'s newest offerings. So once again, that's catholicbalm.co and the word Pope at checkout. Thanks again to Catholic Balm Co. for sponsoring the Popecast. Our Pope this week is in elite company in more ways than one. He was holy when sanctity was severely lacking in the halls of the Vatican, and he's one of only five men in history from the Order of Preachers to be elevated to the chair of St. Peter. This week on the Popecast, it's the second Dominican Pope, Blessed Pope Benedict XI. Niccolo Boccasini was born to Boccasio, a notary, and Bernarda, a laundress for the local Dominican friary in the northern Italian city of Treviso around the year 1240 AD. Niccolo's father died when he was just six years old, so his family was cared for by the Dominicans, he, his mother, and his sister Adelette. From an early age, Niccolo seemed to have a call to religious life, and after being initially educated by his uncle, a priest of the nearby church of San Andrea, he entered the Dominican order as a novice at the age of 14. Initially entering the friary in Treviso in 1254, Niccolo was soon taken to Venice, where he spent the better part of the next decade focusing on his basic education, and in his later years there tutoring the young sons of one of the powerful Venetian families who resided there at the time. In 1262, when Niccolo was 22 years old, he was sent to Milan for further studies at the brand new university dedicated to San Eustorgio. It was here that he made his final vows and became a fully professed member and ordained priest in the Order of Preachers. For the next 14 years, Niccolo served as a lecturer and devoted his days to educating the young brothers in his convent at various spots around Italy, even including his native Treviso for a time. It's worth mentioning here, too, that Niccolo was living at the same time as the great St. Thomas Aquinas, though history doesn't record the two meeting ever in person. It could very well have happened, but seems unlikely, considering Niccolo's realm was in northern Italy, and St. Thomas in those days was either in Paris or in southern Italy until his death in 1274. But at any rate, Niccolo continued his teaching of young confreres for virtually his entire adult life. That is until 1286 and a meeting of the provincial chapter rolled around. It was here that Father Niccolo was elected to be provincial prior of Lombardy, basically put in charge of a whole region of Dominicans. His life, to put it simply, drastically changed. Where he was used to living relatively peacefully in a single convent and teaching, his new existence involved traveling around the Lombardy region's 51 convents to ensure that each was running properly and also to encourage each one in their mission. After a three-year term, he was relieved of duty and, as is the case for humble friars like Father Nicola, was, he was probably relieved in general for being able to go back to his quiet life. From 1289 to 1293, he was likely back in his native Treviso teaching until he was tapped yet again to serve as provincial prior. 
Only at the end of that term, probably wishing for the same outcome as before, Niccolo had no such luck. At the general meeting for the entire order in 1296, Niccolo was elected Master General over the entire order of preachers, chosen to be top Dominican, when he'd probably rather be teaching youngsters. By all accounts, probably owing much to the fact that he didn't want such power and privilege, Frater Niccolo was an excellent Master General, and it should be mentioned, Steward of the Pope. The Pope at the time was none other than Boniface VIII, the much maligned figure who, among other things, had succeeded the great Pope St. Celestine V, a.k.a. the last guy to resign the office of the papacy before Benedict XVI did it seven years ago. Due to Celestine's abdication, remember he was an octogenarian monk who was thrust into an office that, though he was holy, he was thoroughly ill-equipped for. There was a not insignificant group calling into question the legitimacy of Boniface's election. Sound familiar? At any rate, Niccolo issued an ordinance that bound all Dominicans and forbade all of them from publicly questioning the legitimacy of Boniface, who had been elected on Christmas Eve in 1295. For this and a list of other solids that Niccolo did for the Pope, he was elevated to the rank of Cardinal on December 4, 1298. Two years later, he was named the Cardinal Bishop of Ostia, one of the most prestigious posts in the medieval church. And he was officially ordained a bishop at that point. Remember, one can be a cardinal and not be a bishop, even though that doesn't happen often these days. As you can imagine, finding good men is tough, so Boniface made great use of now Cardinal Boccasini, even beyond his newfound appointment. The Pope sent him to Hungary in 1301 in an attempt to broker peace during a civil war that had broken out. Cardinal Boccasini returned two years later, in 1303, just in time to witness Boniface be captured at Anagni in September of that year, where he was held by partisans of the French king whom Boniface had censured over and over again for the previous few years. Cardinal Boccasini was one of only two cardinals to stand by the Pope's side and defend him when his French captors burst into the papal residence, and as a result he was imprisoned right alongside Boniface, who was very likely brutally beaten himself. They were liberated after three days and returned to Rome a few days after their release, but Boniface would ultimately succumb to his wounds, dying on October 11, 1303. The conclave to elect a new pope took place nine days after Boniface was buried, getting underway on October 21st with the Mass of the Holy Spirit in the Vatican Palace right next door to St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. The following day, the cardinal electors only needed a single ballot to select Cardinal Boccasini both as a nod to a man who would play nice with the intransigent King Philip IV of France, but hopefully much more importantly for his upright virtue and lack of desire to take the post. Chosen to be just the second pope ever to hail from the order of preachers, there have been five in all, he took the name Benedict XI, but is interestingly enough just the tenth legitimate pope to bear the name Benedict. The anti-pope, Benedict X was for a time considered to be a real pope, having been elected in 1058, just not by the rules of the time. He was on that list at the time of Benedict XI's election, but was later determined to have not actually been legit. So as a result, Benedict XI, up to our beloved Benedict XVI, are, in fact, Benedicts 10 through 15, at least as far as the official list goes. At any rate, Benedict XI's papacy would be short-lived, not even lasting a full year. Soon after his election, after receiving a deferential welcome and promise of obedience, Benedict wasted little time before lifting the censures on King Philip IV, placed on him previously by Boniface. He also absolved the cardinals who had abandoned the prior pontiff in his time of greatest need, but 
refused to give them back their posh dignities and salaries. Both in December and February of 1303, Benedict decided to create some new cardinals out of, surprise, surprise, a bunch of fellow Dominicans, including the confessor of King Edward I of England. In June of 1304, incidentally just before his death, Benedict XI gave the stanky excommunicatory boot to Philip's right-hand man, Guillaume de Nogaret, and all of the Italians who had taken part in Boniface's capture and torture. It may have been this action, incidentally, that actually led to the Pope's own death, but we'll never know for sure. Benedict XI died suddenly at Perugia on July 7, 1304. All eyes went immediately to Nogaret, with the suspicion that the latter had poisoned the successor of St. Peter, but no direct evidence exists to prove or disprove the accusation. Benedict XI was the last pope for nearly a century to have actually resided in Rome. His successor, Clement V, would usher in what we all now know as the Avignon Papacy, or the so-called Babylonian Captivity, where popes struggled to be little more than puppets of the French crown. Aside from his duties as pope, Benedict is said to have authored a collection of sermons and commentaries on a series of biblical texts, including the Gospel of Matthew, the Psalms, the Book of Job, and the Book of Revelation. Benedict XI carried a reputation for holiness with him throughout his life, and several centuries after his death, he seemed to have witnessed a resurgence in popularity somehow. In the late 17th and early 18th century, his tomb became a popular pilgrimage site, and many miracles began to be reported by those who came to pray with his remains. As a result, in 1736, Pope Clement XII approved what's called his cultus, basically official permission to venerate a particular individual and ask for their prayers, and he was beatified by Pope Clement XIV in 1773. Well, that's a wrap on this bio of the second Dominican Pope. Just a couple other things to note here before we close things out. If you love the podcast, would you consider joining us on Patreon as a supporter to get early access to new episodes and make sure we can continue to churn out new content each week? You can check out the various tiers at patreon.com slash the podcast. Tiers start at a buck or two per episode. So think of it like taking the podcast to coffee if you like the work that we're doing here. So once more, check it out at patreon.com slash the podcast. Also, if you haven't already, please drop us a rating and a review over at iTunes. We read all of those out on the show. It makes sure more folks like yourselves can find and listen to the podcast. And as soon as you're finished listening, please do hit that share button on your podcast or Spotify app and text this episode to a friend you think might like it too. Thank you as always to our listeners, old and new, and especially those who have found us uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can catch us there in between new episodes at the PopeCast for lots of other great stuff. So as we head out today, let us ask for the prayers of blessed Pope Benedict XI, particularly in a time when obedience is no longer seen as a virtue and holiness is needed now as much as ever before. Until next time. Mm-hmm.